Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I will be talking with former NFL player Eric Hippel about moving the science and educating the field of TBI. This episode is brought to you by Integrative Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, Drs. Shane Stedman and Perry Maynard are experts in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, and more. For your free consultation, you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, I am Amy Zellmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not be familiar with who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and I'm author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, available on Amazon. Additionally, I am also the editor-in-chief of the Brain Health Magazine, and you can get your free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. Also, don't forget to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other caregivers, survivors, and loved ones. Today, my guest is Eric Hippel, and Eric is a former NFL quarterback whose 10-year career was spent with the Detroit Lions. Born in Texas and raised in California, Eric graduated from Utah State University with a degree in business administration and was drafted by the Detroit Lions in 1980. His accomplishments include two playoff, a divisional championship, and the Detroit Lions MVP award for the 81 season. He is currently ranked sixth in career passing yards for Detroit. From 1995 to 2000, Hipple was a color analyst for the Fox NFL pregame show in Detroit. His book, Real Men Do Cry, received a Publisher Presidential Award. After retiring from University of Michigan's Comprehensive Depression, Depression Center, where he spent 11 years in outreach, Hipple currently works with the Center for Neurological Studies as a community advocate. The Center for Neurological Studies advances scientific research for neurovascular disease through magnetic resonance imaging, or MRI. CNS hosts people from around the world who seek an accurate diagnosis, especially in cases of mild to moderate traumatic brain injury. So, Eric, welcome to the podcast. I am so thrilled to have you here today. Well, thank you, Amy. Thank you for having me on. And um, I always like listening to the uh the, the the bio because there's so much depth behind all those little things that you talk about that you know you just want to open up and express and so I'm, I'm glad you're having me on I appreciate that yeah really thrilled to have you here and you know just a different perspective than we're used to having on um, you know you spent ten seasons playing professional football and you know quarterback is more of a relatively 
safe position um, at times. <laughs> um, but you, I'm sure you've taken many hits in your career. Um, so, you know, why don't you just share a little background, um, you know, your, your um, history with the NFL and how this has brought you to working with CNS? Sure, and uh, but I, I will point out that uh, my dance with uh, with TBI started right after my uh, high school years, before I even reported to my scholarship at Utah State University. I was involved in a car accident and actually fractured uh, basal fracture uh, skull fracture and blew an ear wow. out and um, and had fluid leaking out. And I was actually told by a neurologist that uh, my football career was over with. Uh, my eager father to make sure that my scholarship was intact went and got another neurologist that, that passed me. And so oh, uh, wow. I reported without telling anybody uh, what had happened to Utah State. And um, and I actually went through a couple bouts of depression while I was at Utah State. Oh, I can but, imagine. You know, I never related it. Yeah, and I never related it to head injury at all. You know, I always relate things to, well, transition. I became a four-year starter. You know, I had injuries. And so, you know, getting hit a lot, yes, like a quarterback, position you don't get hit during practices you don't get hit you know during things like that but however um during games um especially you know through my college career and then into uh pros we are pretty much free game i mean you're getting hit after you let go of the ball um there was no you know mm-hmm. uh, there, <laughs> there was no don't knock him down rule it was knock him down and i was a scrambling quarterback but a lot of the a lot of the concussions uh, received were from letting go of the ball, wrapped up, so now you have no protection, you know, to, to break your fall and get taken to the ground, and your head slams off the back of the turf. And um, when AstroTurf first made its intro into the league, um, they were really hard surfaces. They weren't what they have today. And so a lot of those snap concussions where your head just bounces and snaps back off the back of the turf, you would get up dinging. And uh, yeah. you sometimes have a kind of a loss of memory, like really short term, uh, but kind of fuzzy, and then kind of shake it around. Um, had a couple of hits. Uh, in fact, one was on YouTube where my helmet goes flying off, and it was Oof. dramatic that I went back in three plays later. But that was one of those things where, you know, hey, here's some smelling sauce. Sniff, you know. Okay, <laughs> the up. smelling there, salts, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, their, and their test of that time was, you know, how many fingers on hold up. doesn't really matter what you say. You're going back in anyway. So, yeah. so there really weren't any concussion protocols unless you were knocked out and laying flat on the field. Then they would take mm-hmm. you in. But that, that was it. And um, I, sur- I survived quite a few of those. And um, I would say not quite a few. I would say when you actually look at how they measure concussion today uh, by being deemed um, you're well up into the fifties area, you know, for my whole career. And, um, you know, and I, I lost that on top of the actual, probably some of the brain injury that came from the, the car accident that I had. And, and so yet, um, not very familiar with TBI because it really wasn't discussed a lot. And so a lot yeah. of the things that I started going through, um, and like I said, I had a couple bouts of depression, um, upon leaving the game, um, I felt kind of weird, but, you know, that's kind of normalized. Now we understand, you know, transitions can be very tough, the loss of identity. I mean, things that would be normal, but when I jumped out of a car that was going 75 miles an hour, um, about seven years after I had finished playing, you know, it kind of caught the attention of some people like, what is wrong? And so I ended up going to Okay, I'm going to back up. Uh, 
I'm going to back up in case people didn't catch that. You jumped out of a car going 75 miles per hour. Yeah, I had um, had been remarried. I got remarried in 90, and, um, you know, things were really cool. I had just finished my career, started something, you know, a new business, and um, it was actually doing really well, but, you know, I fell into that depression thing again when – and um and I just kind of went downhill and my wife was driving to the airport and I just felt like I couldn't go and wrote a really quick note and handed it to her and said sorry I love you and then I jumped and uh, we were going 75 miles an hour um, um, I hit the pavement uh, luckily I didn't get hit by cars behind me they swerved and I was out uh, I woke up in the hospital like a day and a half later and and even at that point you know that was it was seen as you know, depression, a suicide attempt, and, and really nothing ever focused in on any you know, brain injury at all that was previous, or even what I hit, how I hit my head when I jumped out of the car. You know, and so, so you know, continuing forward, you know, I eventually ended up going to the University of Michigan Depression Center because you know, let's get get understand what this is and and depression and be treated uh, for that. And I learned a tremendous amount from the University of Michigan Depression Center. I learned a lot about mental health. I learned a lot about, you know, the treatments for it, the ongoing things they have. I learned about, you know, um, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy. So all these things centered around depression, and I really focused in on, on transitional issues. At some point in time, we, had a, we did a survey for the NFL Players Association looking at depression. And what's really stuck out to me was a tremendous amount of guys that were struggling. And the only thing you could really look at is, okay, they were playing and now they're not playing. And so why is that transition so difficult? So I looked at the mental health side of it and I really focused in on that. We actually even did psychiatric evaluations for the NFL while I was at university of Michigan. We'd bring players in for a two day period and evaluate them because their behaviors were, were off. And, um, and through that, I started, and this is really my first, you know, intro into uh, CNS, Center for Neurological Studies, was while they were doing that, they were, they were doing a research project on diffused axonal injury. And um, even though the head injury thing hadn't come up, really float up yet, and saying this is a, you know, the NFL had not saying, hey, this is a thing yet. Um, but through the studies they were doing, the MRIs and trying to do, a, a, and, and also a shortened, abbreviated um, neuropsych, trying to make really uh, a relationship between what happens in these hypertensities in the brain and stretched axons. And it's called diffused axonal injury because it's all over. And uh, when you torsion the head, when you snap it, when you pull it back and forth, when you have concussions, it can rupture or damage the axons, you know, the, the, the space the white matter where the actual the communication goes on along the axon between the gray matter and the white matter in our, in our nerve centers. And so that's what they were looking for. So I was just taking players and entering them into this research project, you know, just to basically because it was available. And I was trying to find answers. And, and um, what I ended up doing was, uh, you know, we were giving some of the results back and found out, oh, my gosh, I had myself done. I found I had like 30 spots in my head that were these hypersensitivities that uh, – that you know I didn't know about, and they were there, and um, so I, I thought, well, maybe there's something behind this. Eventually, I was still zeroed in on the mental health aspect of it because that was my framework 
from coming from, and that is real. But I also learned that brain injury um, can also have long-term effects that mimic depression, mimic you know, like post-traumatic stress, and mimic some of these mm-hmm. feels through through the way that you feel. In other words, um, I feel kind of isolated or I feel kind of strange. You know, I don't feel connected. Um, maybe some memory loss. Maybe some energies, you know, not there, so I don't feel, you know, motivated to do things. And um, maybe some anxieties that are there, and uh, and also some some kind of unfounded fears, you know, because, you know, like things just I just feel really anxious all the time. And then the depression piece that goes along with it, like apathy and 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 those things that go along with it, and the sleep problems. And so they mimic each other. And so I was still in the in the fold of just it's all mental health. And then the, the break of uh, the CTE thing came out, and everybody really zeroed in on the focus of brain injury. Um, and I started, you know, working more with CNS, you know, as a, as a basically by sending guys over. Uh, I moved on from from uh, U of M and went to a, a treatment facility where we can do three days of uh, stuff. And I started sending everybody to CNS, and then we got into the area which I find fascinating, which was. First of all, being able to diagnose, you know, things that um, have long-term effects to us, and, and I'm not talking CTE. It's not diagnosable until postmortem, but I'm talking Correct. about the yeah. things that might lead up to it, right? The things that might lead up to it, and things that might, you know, affect maybe the the uh, volume uh, of your brain. You know, some of the volumetrics that have to do around the hippocampus where your memory is, and if you've got damage going on. And the strange thing is as we went down that road further, where we are today, um, we tripped on a uh, on some work that was being done from the hip- from the uh, pituitary gland, you know, so hypopituitarism it's called, which actually um, the lack of hormones, growth hormone, testosterone, um, that's affected by TBI um, is prominent. And uh, in the guys that we had in our, treatment facility that I was sending over to them about 70% of the guys, you know, were hypopituitism uh, affected. So in other words, low, hor- low hormones, growth hormone, testosterone, and that has a profound effect on your well-being, on your everyday, you know, energy levels, on, on your brain's ability to clean itself out. Uh, it's, um, you know, for, wash over and and just and sleep i mean and so it it really stood out to me and and that's kind of where we are today and looking at one of the studies that we have going over is on that pituitary function and and um and hormone replacement but you have to be able to diagnose it first right and so that means right we have to be able to look at the brain and see what's going on there are there volumetric issues are there um, through SWI, which is uh, uh, just you know accessibility weighted you know imaging and diffuse tensor imaging, which really gets down into um, what's going on at the axon level, so that diffused axonal injury as well, and um, and then trying to find something that to work with to make a person's um, uh, well-being, you know, get their their sense of well-being back and mm-hmm. and uh, mental health back. So. So it's been a, it's been an interesting ride and trip to where we are today, but um, I now know that there's it's very com- it's very complex. You know, the brain is an amazing thing. You know, it's, 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 
you know, over 100 billion different neurons and these trillions of connections that we form. It's intricate, but we also know that um, damage can be done in the, in the long haul. Um, what really stands out is not so much the one hit, you know, or, oh, I got right. knocked down, mm-hmm. you know, and I got back up with a concussion. It's these multiple hits over time, so these subconcussive hits lead more to this long damage, you know, um, of, of affecting sense of well-being. Obviously, you know, brain damage, you know, to like a severe TBI is one thing. Um, but when you measure concussion, say, oh, okay, it was a concussion, just got knocked out, well, he'll be fine. But nobody looks at the long-term <laughs> thing of all these subconcussive hits, you know, so. Right. Right. And, you know, I mean, to reiterate, you know, you played in the 80s and definitely there were no concussion protocols back then. You know, that's a pretty recent advent um, in the NFL. Um, And I mean, even um, I've had Ben Utech on who played in more recent years. Right. And he had a career ending concussion, Um, but they just referred it to getting the bell rung. Right. And yeah, I just, you know, you know, the whole, so, you know, Mike Webster um, was the NFL player who committed suicide and Bennett Omalu, you know, in the autopsy discovered CTE. And I think that that was a real wake up call. Like, Hey, like he realized something's going on with these players and, you know, these players have depression, but why do they have depression? What's causing this depression? Right. And I'm, I'm glad that you speak out so loudly about your depression and your suicide attempt. Um, Cause it, I think it's so helpful for the average person with a brain injury to relate to like, Oh gosh, you know, he was a big manly football player and he had depression. Like, you know um, I think it helps make it more relatable because I mean, I'd say 90% of people who've had a brain injury struggle with bouts of depression and may or may not realize that it's coming from the brain injury. And I mean, I know I had a neuropsychologist try to tell me I didn't have a brain injury. I was just depressed. And I was like, yeah, right. Okay. (laughs) um, You know, I knew better, but it, it, it is, it's really challenging for people to get the help that they need. And, you know, the going back to the hormonal imbalance and low testosterone and growth hormone, um, I, I, I see this as a game changer as this becomes more mainstream and more, um, more understood, right? Yeah. Well, and, you know, and when we start talking about women and female uh, athletes, or uh, I will just call it, <laughs> it doesn't have to be an athlete, but that's just sort of the realm I was looking at. But I know it also floats up in the uh, military. Is uh, is the 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 complexities of dealing with that because really female brains aren't studied. You know what I mean? E- even in the right. mouse examples, you know they use mice. You know to, to they don't use any female mice because of the hormones involved. And so I mean that's really? a really complicated thing that really does yeah. So that's a really interesting that. aspect to look at for how do we treat you know women. Um, because their hormones can be thrown off just like a guy's are, obviously, through, through brain injury. And so how do we treat that and look, and look at that? And I think there's got to be a lot more um, look into that. Um, uh, there's a couple groups that, um, that, that do that. I, one of them is called the Pink Concussions that, uh, that dives into you know, female concussions very heavily. But, um, but the, the, long, the, the gist of it is not until you actually 
get diagnosed and say this is a brain injury. And, and they're getting to the point where they can also almost, you know, tell the specific, specific <laughs> um, between a, like a, a blast wave injury in case for, for military, for example, a blast wave injury, which is a, like an overpressure, but also the shock wave. Um, as opposed to like uh, the hit on the head, you know, which is might be different. So was it formed by a hit to the head or was it formed by the shock concussion? And so they're getting really good at thinking those out. You know, the, uh, the thing that if you don't know any of that exists, then you, you walk around depressed, not knowing why you're depressed. I don't got anything to be depressed about. Why am I depressed? And then, you know, trying to chase that answer in a way that's without all the information that you need to have, you know? Yeah. And, and I think yeah. that's the, a really important piece to the puzzle is why, and then what can you do about it? But let's find the why mm-hmm. first, not just throw it into category and say, it's, you know, that, that everything's, you know, mental health. Of course it's mental health, but um, maybe it's not your genetic makeup. Maybe it's not um, yeah. a situational yeah. thing. Maybe it's not a predisposition. Maybe this is actually something that happened to you in your injury. Yeah, it's a symptom, not the root cause. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I think one of the most, um, I don't know if underserved is the right word, but people who've been in car accidents, um, I mean, your, your case, you had a skull fracture, you were hospitalized, you know, they, they knew something happened yeah. to you. But there's a lot of people in car accidents that just get up and walk away and they're fine. They don't have any broken bones and they don't have to go to the hospital. They might go to the ER, but, um, you know, and then days, weeks go by and they're like, gosh, you know, why am I having this brain fog or, or why can't I remember words? And then as time goes on, they're dealing with depression and they don't understand why. And they have no idea. It all relates back to that car accident. And, you know, they might not have actually hit their head. They just, you know, that whiplash motion yeah. causes your brain to hit your skull. Um, and, and same in foot, right? Like you don't always hit yeah. your head. It's, it's that whiplash motion or like you said, bouncing your head off um, the astroturf. Um, you know, so I think there's such an underserved community out there of people who don't even know that they've had a TBI and, you know, that's where I hope doing these podcasts and doing all these things yeah. help people get some awareness of what's going on with them. You know, I, w- I was going to say, you know, people are kind of focused on the sport world, like football stuff, because it's so obvious. Oh, I can use my head part of the game. But think about all the kids who fall down on bicycles, who fall downstairs, yes. you know, who are outside playing, you know, and bounce off the trampoline and hit, you know, fall off the swing set. Think about all those that go on, too, that might be effective to them. And when you're in development, when you're young and developing, you know, taking, you know, um, a pause because of an injury that, that might happen. So it might be in a developmental phase. where So now you're chasing your development rather than being alongside with it. As an adult, at least, you know, you've, you've been developed, you know. And so, I mean, there, I think there's a lot more out there that, uh, that people would be uh, amazed by. And yeah. like you said, it doesn't have to be a hit to the head. It's just a rotational shock. The last thing I'll say, I know, uh, uh, well, until you tell me not to be quiet, but <laughs> I will say this also. When you have a brain injury, there is a, you, you might not feel it, right? And I say that because there's no really nerve endings that say, ouch, inside your brain. It all has to do with muscles system. But anyway, mm-hmm. yep. um, but, there is a, but there is a shock element to it. So there is a trauma that happens. Right, and when that trauma happens, you still get all the inflammation and stuff response to your brain, 
and stuff that happens that can affect your moods and the way that you feel, right? And it can even affect your thoughts, you know, from from that, like, I feel so down. Why do I feel this way? When you might not have it, but that shock and trauma that happened is being treated as a trauma, you know, by the body. And so um, we're just not realizing it in many times. Mm-hmm. So, Eric, I, I'm curious, in your work with CNS and the growth hormone, um, did you do growth hormone, I believe it's injections? Is that the right word? Yes. So I'll, I'll tell you that really quick. So uh, when I, um, I, I've known Dr. Benson for a, a while, right? And so when they were doing this study, I started sending guys over, and I said quite a few guys, you know, um, were below the standards that you need, you know, so, for, so, so they, they met the medical need. Um, I thought, oh, well, I'm going to go get myself tested. But I always was like, well, you know, I'm quarterback, you know, whatever. But I did remember, you know, oh, did that. I'm just curious. But I always thought mine was like just related completely to medical, you know, depression stuff. So I, I went and I got tested. And I said, oh, my gosh, I was low testosterone. Um, growth hormone was low. And so I did. I went on replacement therapy. And, uh, and it didn't take very long. You know, it can take up to six months, really. But for me, it was about, about a month, and uh, all of a sudden my energy was there, and I felt clear. And for the first time, and I don't know how long, uh, well, yeah, I do know how long, a long time, okay. It was like, so this is how you're supposed to feel. Yeah. I'd forgotten how, I'd forgotten how you're supposed to feel, so I've been always trying to, like, well, here's my depression medication, which, you know, I, I still do take that. But, um, but other things, you know, like, but all of a sudden the energy's back, like, I'm a lot clearer. Um, and it just, you know, it's, a, it's my sleep's better. I mean, it's just amazing, you know. And, and for me, that seemed a big deal. So I started encouraging everybody, the possibility, please come in, join the research, get tested. Um, and uh, and I, I think that's a really important piece of our study. So when it comes out, it can apply across the board. The only, yeah. You know, for a while there, the only studies you really had, you could go back and look at maybe a boxing study from way back when. And then the one I looked at had, had like 50% of boxers, you know, had, you know, uh, testosterone problems, right, and uh, low testosterone. So, I mean, that was about all. Now there's tons of studies that are actually coming through and saying, yes, major head injury, it can affect, you know, your pituitary gland, it can affect um, you know the, the hormones that you produce and everything else, and so there's a lot more, a lot more to it than that. Ours is focused in on what can you do about it. So mm-hmm. the fact that we can see it now, just treat it and see what happens with the treatment, and that's what we're working on now. Yeah, yeah, and anyone listening, if you missed it, we did have Dr. Benson on the podcast a few weeks ago. So if you go back and um, look through the podcast history, you can find his podcast as well. And I highly encourage you to listen to that one if you have not already. Um, But Eric, we're down to the last few minutes. And um, I do just want to take another second to mention, you do have a book called Real Men Do Cry, um, which I would love to actually get you on my author talk series. I think that would be a great book. Um, And you know, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Any final advice that you would give anyone that's struggling? The, my biggest advice is is don't give up because yeah. when you're faced with like moods and changes and stuff, you know, and it's look for more answers, you know, and uh, and and I don't mean chase it like chase everything that's out there. What I mean is 
um, look at possibilities of why you're feeling that way and then and, 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 and chase them down. You know, don't don't say, okay, well, then, you know, there is no hope. This is how I'm going to feel for the rest of my life, and that's it. Um, because that can lead to hopelessness, and hopelessness can actually lead to, lead yeah. to death, you know, yeah. or even just thoughts of death where people don't want to go forward, you know, and that's a terrible way to feel, a terrible way to be. So don't give up hope. You know, keep looking for answers. If, the, if it's not here today, it's going to be here because the brain science is so far advanced what we're doing. Um, I mean, and, and it's going to great places as well. So just, mm-hmm. you know, keep in there, you know, hang in there, work with you know, the support that you have, but also um, don't be afraid to ask questions. Please ask questions. Yeah. And, you know, I think you're the prime example of, you know, there is hope no matter how far out you are because you were, what, 20 years post-injury when you finally got treatment? Um, you know, so there's always hope. Yeah, there is. And, that, and that's one of the things that's really cool. I mean, in the – there, there are, and I think the science is going and, and looking at saying, yes, there are things you can do that actually can be regenerative and to a certain degree. Yeah. In other words, we can clean some of this stuff out, right? Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you might not be able to fix what's just done, but through neurofeedback, through um, different ways of, uh, of exercising, testing your memory, you can still grow new connections. All the way to the point you die, you can still, you know, change and form and, and add connections to your brain. But when you become apathetic and just don't move and give up, those connections don't happen. Mm-hmm. And, and that's yeah. when, you know, said. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Eric. This has been a great conversation. And just anyone listening, um, in the show notes, I have the link to neurological studies, um, neurological studies, or neurologic studies.com excuse me um and i have the link to your book on um the show notes as well so thank you so much for being here and just being so open and real with everything you've been through um it's really appreciated thank you amy very much appreciated thank you for what you do thank you Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And just another reminder, go um, check out Dr. Benson's podcast as well. Um, And just a reminder, today's episode was brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers. Find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. And a reminder, you can find previous episodes on most streaming platforms, or you can go to facesoftbi.com. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And also remember to join Amy's TBI tribe on Facebook to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being part of my journey. And I will see you again in the next episode. Have a great day.